0: Okay.
1: All right. Welcome to uh, Live from America podcast. This is Hatem uh, along with Norm Dorman, the owner of the Comedy Cellar. Uh, hello, sir. And uh, very two special guests, our friend Kurt Metzger, Emmy Award winner.
2: <laughs> Emmy <laughs>
1: Award winner. Don't ever forget <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, and, and um, you know, a uh, host of a uh, podcast can get right.
3: That yeah. I, was, that
1: I was in. No, it's a very popular episode.
3: Last time, did you say the name of the podcast was "Can't Get Laid"? I believe who last time I made it up. <laughs> it's not a good. It's not a good name.
1: <laughs> and our good friend, and we love when she's here, Emily Yaffe. She is a journalist, and you can see her work all over New York Times, LA Times, Washington Post, The Atlantic, all over. And we love when she's here. Hello, okay, Emily. not
2: the New York Times, not the LA Times. In, uh, I've written for The Atlantic. Now for Persuasion, Politico, other. Okay. So oh, don't look for me in the LA Times. Emily,
0: don't get technical.
2: <laughs> we, we, we make up
0: credits on this show.
2: <laughs> and I'm an Emmy Award winner.
0: <laughs> Very good. There you, award go. winner. there you go. But you did write for the, for,
1: for the New York Times before. I
2: have written. Yes, I yeah. have written.
1: I know because I. Okay. Read- I saw your articles in the New York Times and LA Times. So it's not that you read it, but you wrote for them. So. Oh,
0: okay. Did you get did you get a parakeet or something? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
1: you, don't, you don't think that Norm is really the
0: owner of the comedy cell, do you? Did, you? did you get my joke? All right, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I, so, my joke was the only way you read the New York Times is that you put it in the bottom of your birdcage. But go ahead. Go ahead. Go oh, <laughs> my God. That went right over my head. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, Emily, welcome back. We we, we Last time we spoke a lot about, which we're going to talk about as well, uh, cancel culture and uh, Me Too movement and all that stuff. And uh, we have the perfect guest because, um you know, uh, Kurt um, suffered from that as well. Am I right, Kurt?
3: From what, cancel culture or yeah. Me Too?
1: No, cancel culture.
3: Yeah, cancel culture. It yeah. wasn't called that back then. Yeah. What because... was it called? I don't know. It was when it first – Jeez, I don't know what they're calling. It. I think they're calling a call-out culture back at, like yeah, five years right. ago. Yeah, they yeah. weren't calling it that yet. Yeah. So, so
1: Emily, uh, you know, we know that uh, it's heading to the wrong direction. My first question is like, do you th- with the elections coming out? Do you think if the Democrat won versus the Republican, which one, well, if they win, it will be a disaster for culture, uh, cancer culture?
2: I think cancel culture has its own momentum, and Mm. that's not going to be completely changed by the election, whoever wins. Uh, I hope Biden wins, and I hope, as I think a lot of people do, that that removes some poisonousness at the top. Um, But cancel culture, we've got a long way to go on it that whatever happens in November, it's not gonna end.
1: But you don't think the Democrats are like pushing that agenda a little bit
2: more? Well, I just wrote a piece for a new organization called Persuasion.Community, which actually formed recently um, by Yasha Monk, who's a writer for The Atlantic, to address these issues mostly from the left, Saying there is a rising illiberalism uh, on our side, uh, to uh, to narrow what people can say, uh, what people think, to increase the dangers of speaking on hot button topics, and hot button topics, you know, in- increase, increase, race, gender, etc. So um, there's an enforcement. Uh, sense of rules, which people don't really understand. And the rules change all the time. And a ill worded tweet or headline or adjective can put your career in jeopardy. And so um, even in the age of Trump, we feel it's important to address this because I think I think the Trump administration shows what happens when Republicans fail to say, "Wait a minute, this guy is uh, doing things and speaking on our behalf, and we've got to stand up and oppose it." They didn't. They went along. So if you see something um, that's damaging to society happening, even if it's on your side, you need to speak up. So that's that's what uh, that's what we're doing.
0: So Emily, you you wrote a, you wrote an article in Persuasion, and you and you um, you broke down. Cancel culture into like a, a systematic classification taxonomy. Not comprehensive, but yes. Yeah. So let's just let's just quick so that, bring the readers up to to speed. Let me just let me go through the bold faced headings on your things and you and you can tell us a quick uh, encapsulation of what each thing is. So the first uh, cl- uh, category is the perils of safety. So what is that?
2: This is a rising belief that. Uh, words, ideas, people I don't like, and I disagree with, are not just things I disagree with, but actually imperil my own physical and psychological safety. And, and a lot of what I write about in um, this article, The Taxonomy of Fear, uh, and things I've been writing about and other people have been writing about for years, come from campus you see this stuff first happen on college campuses. And people used to think, oh, those crazy kids, then they're going to go out in the workplace, and the workplace going to punch them in the face and tell them, cut it out. And those of us who are really looking at the campus said, no, they're going to come into the workplace and punch you in the face. So uh, this seems to be happening. So. We first saw it on campuses where you see a speaker is invited, a, quote, controversial speaker, and the students object, saying they're not safe. And that's where you get these safe rooms, et cetera. I spoke um, at my alma mater. They needed two safe rooms for students for me. So instead of encouraging people, go, listen, read the works of these people you disagree with, make an argument you, the ideas, you shut them down because my safety is imperiled. And this.
3: I'm sorry. So we, you, you gave a two safe room speech. At, <laughs> what, how, how do they decide the number of safe rooms that per.
2: Um, <laughs> an article in the school paper where I had gotten my start said two safe rooms were created to protect students from me.
0: Were they segregated by race, by the way, the safe rooms? Because that's why they do stuff like that now. You know safe
3: it, room? You know are, are the safe yeah. room? <laughs> we used those safe rooms in the South. Where
0: <laughs> you know, you know <laughs> what, when I- Wait, learned, wait, wait uh, tub. we gotta go through all the, let's go through each category. I
1: just wanna but, say one, one yeah. thing, yeah. when yeah. I worked at the Comedy Cellar, we did have a safe room from Norm. Uh, from me?
0: Okay. <laughs>
3: we had that awesome <laughs> safe room that we couldn't go in anymore because Charlotte <laughs> smoked right. in it.
0: The next <laughs> thing, so that's, that's the perils of safety contamination by association
2: this is the idea that anyone you have any kind of association with and this could be you retweet someone um or you um sign a letter an open letter with with someone and this happened um with now what's known as the harper's letter which came out a couple of months ago and um a bunch of really famous people like J.K. Rowling, um, okay, Noam Chomsky, et cetera, and some not famous people like me and other <laughs> journalists signed it saying, you know, talking about how uh, this culture of silencing is very dangerous to democracy. But what happened was that um, then those of us who signed the letter are supposed to be responsible for every idea expressed by everyone else on the letter. And we really see this, uh, we see this on Twitter. You know, if you've retweeted someone, then if they had tweeted something obnoxious four years ago, this is hung around your neck. And it is extremely insidious because it prevents people, first of all, prevents people kind of reaching across ideological lines to say, hey, you know, let's address a problem That's the point of it, isn't it? Pardon me?
3: That's the whole point of it, isn't it? That's the
2: point, but it's so effective. And when people um, use social media to condemn one person for an association with another, then everyone is frightened and you can't move forward as a society. You can't form communities or affiliations or say, look, I disagree with you on this, but let's work together on criminal justice reform because now I'm responsible for everything this other person said. And, fi-
0: so that, and finally... No, no, that, not finally. Can I ask like, a question
3: in- real quick? Yeah. On that letter that I remember when that came out, that letter, and I remember it being like, a, it's not that long ago. and I remember no. there, there was a response that came out I want to say Ezra Klein, but maybe he's a different person. But somebody wrote an article about how that was, like, the easy way out to support free speech and, like, implied somebody's a grift. I, I read shit I couldn't believe about this, like, letter, which, like, who... First of all, just sign the letter is, like, that doesn't seem like that big of a gesture to even... Create a controversy, and then all of a sudden there was. I saw like articles about like, oh yeah, sure, it's easy to say people should have free speech. Like it was insane this argument against it. Do you remember where the the counter thing came from? Do you know what I'm talking about, Emily? The there was yeah. like a counter. Yeah. W- w- what was that again?
2: Um, it probably wasn't. There, well. there, there were a bunch of things. One was an actual counter letter. Yeah. Uh, was written that basically tried to say, there is no such thing as cancel culture and-
3: and, (laughs) Right, that's right.
2: uh, Okay, that seems silly on its face. In that counter letter, they had one specific example, which is clear, pure cancel culture. And they kind of said, okay, well, this looks like it, but it doesn't exist. I think you're also talking about, there was this kind of complicated uh, thing at Vox Media- um, At Iglesias is one of the signatories of the harper's what's called the harper's letter um he's one of the founders of vox and ezra klein tweeted against the letter and people wondered if it was an attack on matt uh and so that became this kind of social media um you know people Trying to under you know, figure out who's being uh, attacked, and and yeah, he's why. the Never one. Ezra talking. Klein's
3: the one that wrote. Because uh, I, I I didn't I, you know I must have read the wrong thing. But I read your article about Al Franken, which I thought was very good. Because I didn't really know all the details of it, and uh, and I remember at the time Ezra Klein writing an article about how. You know, if you're a man and you just get accused of a fake thing, it's, it's kind of your job to take one for the... Like, yeah, a lot of innocent men are going to lose this thing. That's what has to happen. To put the fear of God into all these men and their... Ter- it was crazy what he wrote. It's the kind of thing you write when you think it could never happen to you. You know, like the cancellation. And, and uh, I don't, like, I'm not real... I don't know him. Like, I, I have friends of friends that know him, I guess. Is he that big of an eye? I mean, do you think that guy's that sincere with that? Like, is that what he really thinks? Or do you think he's just a...
2: You need to have Ezra on the show. I I don't know him. I can't speak for him. We, uh, you know, I no, he could be
3: canceled anything. having me. We him. could
0: take a whole sidetrack into Ezra Klein, but I think he is the most overrated, treacherous, disingenuous guy. Uh, I cannot believe the stuff he gets away with. I mean, I mean, just as he far the as like there was one thing where he said I was outside and I saw two guys getting two homeless guys getting into a big violent fight and I wanted to call the cops, but then I was afraid to. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could get some mediators out here to handle this? I'm like, what, like you're just an idiot. Like, has anybody ever seen a fight between homeless guys that, like you're gonna, he actually, so in one sense, he's just, he's like the poster child of a totally elite guy who reads about everything in books and has no hands-on experience in anything in the real world. So in that sense, I kind of forgive him. But then he also does this other thing like this sub tweet against the and it clearly was, and the way he handled Andrew Sullivan, where he, and even what he did to Yasha in that interview, where he treacherously puts people in a position where it makes them sound like they're defending horrible things. He tried, he, he subtly gets them to sli- you know, to appear that there's that they have slime on them, and he, and he says, "I didn't, I didn't mean to do that." But no, that's not what I meant at all, and I'm not buying it for a minute. Anyway, I could go on and on about Ezra Klein. I really don't like that guy, and I don't know why everybody pays homage to him as being so smart and so this and so that. Who pays
3: homage to him? I because I, I, I think he ran all Vox or something. All right?
0: the time, liberals. I you, you never hear a liberal take a real good swipe at this guy. Really. And, 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 and can I say something else? This is maybe bigoted. The vocal fry, he has that vocal fry, which I I, I can't stand on top of that. So I know that's Is that's,
3: it bigoted to hate vote But you? Cancel culture I, has affected everyone. I, them where I know, that, I power know power.
0: that makes me look all of a sudden much less substantial, that I'm attacking mine his vocal fry. I, well, I bet you there was a correlation. You had started
3: with that? You didn't have to say the other things. I already know he sucks.
0: <laughs> All right, go ahead. So no, that's...
2: I it, think it, Ezra is calling in and you're going to have to... I, I would love to uh, debate
0: him. I, I mean, he, he defended Robin DiAngelo's white fragility and the way he defended it was just... I wish I could remember it. It was, it was genius and also totally vacuous. I mean, you know, he, he was... It's just... He's horrible. All right. I'm not <laughs> expressing myself, y'all. Well. Um, uh, I'll get them in the show and see how you're going to... Intent is irrelevant,
2: Emily. Intent is irrelevant. Uh, this is another principle of cancel cancel culture, which means whatever, however one interprets a uh, word, action, etc., to you, the person interpreting someone else, that's what re- That's what is real that is what matters, and the intent, no matter how benign or harmless of the other person, gets thrown out the window and and In the piece, I give this example in Oakland, um, people discovered on a few trees there were um, there were ropes that looked like you know when you have um, a zip wire, you have a bar across the guy
3: the road. working out, yeah
2: yeah, so there were some ropes with loops and ropes with handholds on you know f- about four or five t- trees. So the white mayor of Oakland declares that this looks like a hate crime. It's nooses making a reference to lynching, of <laughs> the FBI. And it quickly is revealed that these were exercise things put up, by a black resident of Oakland named Victor Sengbei, And uh, he said, um, he explained his intent was, it was a really fun addition to the park. So you would think, okay, sorry, I went crazy over this thing, I was wrong. It was just a thing for kids would use it and have fun she said the intent of this doesn't matter it is a terroristic incident and I want the investigation to continue right. um, that's really crazy and it, especially from someone with the power to call in the FBI and intent is crucial when you have a criminal um, defense trial you know in many if not most crimes in Proving intent um, is a requirement in order to get a conviction. But beyond that, as human beings, we constantly have to figure out what's the intent. You know, someone bumps you on the street. Well, in the old days, you'd be close (laughs) enough to get bumped. Was someone smashing into me or was it just someone looking at the phone and not looking up? You know, whether you're going to take something as an offensive act really requires uh understanding intent and this intent doesn't matter i think really encourages people to think the worst of everyone um and to seek offense which just m- makes getting along in a workplace family school wherever very difficult
0: i saw an old southern judge maybe it was in bush v gore i don't know a long time ago and he said, I know he says, you know, even a dog knows whether it's been tripped over or kicked. Yeah, and, you know, and that's exactly what he said. like, you know, any idiot knows the difference between somebody who means to hurt them and somebody who didn't mean to hurt them. I mean,
3: they, but they're on purpose. I mean, the whole thing behind it, Kansas culture, and I, and I know people I, I've seen a lot of stuff like, you know, well. What if i 've seen a lot of things to the effect of like if somebody makes a mistake what there 's no redemption for anyone if they said something four years ago that and the I think they 're missing the point of this. The whole point of this is to uh, clear a bunch of people out of their jobs it 's just to find any pretense to fight like if you belong to a certain group, so like like uh, the thing that happened with me a few years ago and i I just took me a little while to figure out what was going on. But uh, people were demanding I be fired, and they're like Kurt Metzger uh, 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 as a comedy writer, and they were like any woman would be better than Kurt Metzger. I remember all these yeah. people demand, and I was like, really? Any any woman, like even Helen Keller, could do my job. It wasn't about that. They didn't care about the content of what we were making. It was the fact that I'm a guy, and they wanted somebody there who fit this group instead. And all this stuff now is, is just what clear out in the minds of dipshit millennial wokeys is to clear out the dead wood, meaning anybody older than them who has a career. Because all these people came out of college without a job, because it's a big Ponzi scheme, and they're angry, and the boomers aren't clearing out fast enough. And this is just a pretense. Like The intent behind it is just to clear you out. So that's why all these reasonable things you guys are bringing up do not matter at all. Because the whole idea behind it is just to find a reason to, to get you.
0: Right. I I don't know if I if I agree with you completely, Kurt, but I there there's there's probably a mix of motivations in a lot of this. So. all right. The okay. last one is I think it's like we do last. Well one. let
2: me actually oh, on before. there's two on, more,
0: but yeah.
2: Uh to Kurt's point, I, I mean I I agree with you, you No. Know, these what's going on has a lot of forces behind it, um, and is more complicated than that. But um Kurt mentioned, you know, finding things someone did a few years ago and getting that person fired. Recently, um, the newly named corporate spokesman for Boeing, who's a guy in his 60s, who's had uh, was in the military and then, you know, been in corporate America. Apparently, uh, had many has um, mentored many women uh, along the way was discovered that when 33 years ago when he was in the military and the military was just um, debating whether or not to let uh, women enter combat, he wrote a rather snarky uh, article against women in combat. Okay, he was in his 20s when he wrote that. Someone found that and he was summarily fired from Boeing And, you know, he said, I don't agree with any of the things I wrote back then. I've completely changed my mind, and the military has allowed women in combat, and they've served with great distinction, and I was wrong. Um, And I think there's something very concerning about... Uh, people expressing their opinion in one time, you know, during a specific era. And then decades later, your career can end, even if you no longer hold that view. I mean, we see that with gay marriage. Um, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton were quite vocally against gay marriage. Now, of course, they're in favor of it. Whether they ever really were against gay marriage or it's just political, I don't know. But um, we have to be able to change our minds and not... Uh, have you know at the peril of the end of your career for um, expressing opinions that, in their time, were perfectly reasonable. If you can, e- even if if society moved beyond them.
1: I think well, Twi- it, it, I think it, it, Twi- Twitter Twitter should have statute of limitation too.
3: H- Hillary I, believed I, but, marriage was sacred, so it was sincere. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> also, also marriage is a sacrament. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
0: Also on the issue of intent, one of the things that's quite bothered me. Uh, there have been some famous cases of people who've used the N word when they were discussing the N word from the proper point of view, wanting to talk about how we should, you know, uh, how, it's, how it's offensive, whatever it is, and and they've lost their jobs at major corporations. and And you'd think, well, that's just that's just you. You couldn't have convinced me that could even be possible that that intent would matter so little and let me just add if you do a a hard site search of rollingstone.com on google you know you site colon so you know you search only within rollingstone.com and search for the n-word spelled out there are 601 pages on rollingstone.com where they write the n-word
2: fully spelled out and and what's the content? I mean, they're citing lyrics or no
0: what? no uh, a Howard Stern interview. Uh, why did Joe Biden? I mean, one article. Why did Joe Biden praise what, uh, a, a segregationist? And they have some quote from the segregationist. I mean, that's what
3: I'm talking about. Noam, is that that it, it's like political t- operative tactics being done on like that Boeing guy. That that sounds like a he didn't know he was running for office all of a sudden and and they're going to dig up dirt to get rid of you and that's why it's so hypocritical that's why you can i know people that to this day are like boycott chick-fil-a because that guy was against gay marriage but they wouldn't say that about you know they still voted for hillary back in the day when she uh was against gay marriage they're like dirty political tricks it's when almost like the personal political became a thing of now you're all going to be like someone uh, uh, uh you know a senator trying to keep your your job another four years and everybody else is uh in the opposition trying to dig up dirt on you to find any reason to get rid of you
0: and, that, and that's i think like it so there's two more categories i think one of the categories also should have been that they make it up as they go along so like this whole they they stepped in it with this whole blackface thing because people were dressing up as black characters on tv jimmy kimmel all of them right until megan kelly who was a villain made some remark about uh, when she was a kid, he's dressed as Diana Ross and they hated Megyn Kelly so much. So now they had to create this whole world. Well, actually, no, this was the worst thing anybody ever said. And well, then that's after- when they
3: liked her. No, that was after me too. When she had come out about, uh,
0: well, she was saying- in
3: good graces and she was on, I believe like NBC or something, not Fox at that time.
0: Well, I'm going to say, but now, now they're, they're So now Justin Trudeau is okay. And the governor of Virginia is okay. And Megyn Kelly is bad. And of course they find some Republican, it's, is not okay. And Jimmy Kimmel was okay, but this one's bad. There is no rhyme or reason to it. Just like Rolling Stone can use the N-word. Quentin Tarantino can use it in a movie. But if the head of Netflix quotes it because he's concerned about it, he's fired. I mean, there's, you cannot put any principle to any of this. They literally make it up as they go along because they're weaponizing. And this goes to what you were saying earlier, Kurt. They, they look for something that can be weaponized to further whatever agenda or resentment they have against whoever that person happens to be, so right. yeah, and and that's I mean that's human nature anyway. Okay, chilling effect. Um, oh, I,
2: actually,
0: I skipped me, one. I skipped one.
2: Yeah, what, yeah. What, yeah what, let
0: what, me what? go ahead.
2: Uh, it all leads to a chilling effect. But one other principle is report everything, report yeah. which which is really, really dangerous. And this, again, it starts with young people. Um, We saw this on campus uh, in the effort to fight campus sexual assault, which obviously sexual assault takes place on campus. It's very serious, should be dealt with very seriously. But in trying to address it, what happened is the definition of sexual misconduct expanded to include any any kind of sexual encounter, flirtation, jokes, um, could become the basis of a complaint. Uh, rules were put in place where uh, any sexual, physical, sexual encounter required that every touch, every time, even between uh, committed partners, required explicit consent. So you can see how this can go quickly wrong. So um, but students were told, if anything happens that you think could be a reportable event, you go and report it. And young people are being told, you can never really work out disputes or try to figure out, did that person mean to offend me or what, you know, on this encounter, I um, was this an assault or, you know, did I give the wrong signals, et cetera. They're, all, they're being told people in authority are there to figure all this out for you. And this is now spreading to HR. Um, HR is now saying anything, you hear anything that when the editorial page editor of the New York Times was forced out of his job for running an op-ed by Senator Tom Cotton, the new editorial page editor said to everyone there, if you see anything, no matter how slight that bothers you, a caption, a headline, anything, you tell me immediately. Yeah, And so this idea is spreading both to the workplace and further down in the age group to high school and middle school. And um, I cited a story in the New York Times where people, in, at high schools are reporting their fellow classmates on social media or reporting them to authority figures at the school for investigation for generally for um, supposedly saying something racially offensive, which they might've said, which may be out of context. You know, this, as you're talking, you know, Offensive stuff can be anything from quoting a lyric to actually saying something offensive to a classmate. But there was a quote there from someone saying, who was involved in this, you know, and now we're talking 15, 16 year olds. I don't want there to be more racist doctors and lawyers. So the best way to prevent that is to prevent these people from being able to go to college in the first place. And there have been kids (laughs) who had their college acceptances rescinded. Now, it's one thing if you do something truly racist and awful, that should be addressed. But the idea that now your life can be haunted by or taken off course for being an idiotic 15-year-old, that society is going to say, no, that's it. You had your chance. It's over. This is very disturbing, and we shouldn't be encouraging this. We should be thinking about this and discouraging uh, the reporting of this. And I know there uh, in recent months, there have been a bunch of schools uh, at which um, students have created uh, on social media lists where you can report um, an alleged sexual, Um, sexual misconduct you experienced, you anonymously, so these are anonymous reports against named male students. So again, this kind of thing, even so it's not necessarily anything that was reported that there was an investigation, etc. It's just a name goes out there and gets associated with sexual crime And this is actually is having real world effects on people. We should be concerned about, you know, so people say, well, this person isn't in prison. This person isn't dead. If you destroy someone socially, that's a very serious thing. And we should Uh, take that very seriously.
3: Way back when, because I had, I had things where I had crazy people, I live in LA now, but back in New York, when I had, when the New York times burned me in a, actually I pretty much had the whole media come down <laughs> on me for a week because I was against this uh, settling sexual uh, crimes on social media, which is, uh, so I was ultimately guilty of hashtag not believing women. But this is before cancel culture was considered a thing. But the result of that is every time I got a job, so, like, so I was, I was writing for that Sasha Baron Cohen show, uh, Who is America and uh, Vox and Daily Beast put out a pro-rape comedian, Kurt Metzger, <laughs> has a job. The whole article is just that I have a job because this this person who's not a real journalist, it's somebody who's like a part-time comedian, part-time activist, part-time journalist, and they get very little money from HuffPo, wherever they are in the city. They, I'm, I'm in their jurisdiction, and they're like, oh my God, he's... W-. So there's like some petty person wrote this, and it was in every one of those... I mean, I didn't even get upset at that point about it because it was so ridiculous... I thought it was on the Simpsons or something, and and that, that's like I, I this is four years after the initial incident. Somebody is scanning the credits to see if my name's in it to try to make sure that I can't work. <laughs>
2: like okay, this
3: is before it's, the name cancel culture even came out. Yeah.
2: No, it's your show. I don't want to take it but. No, you go ahead. The, the show just started, Kurt. I don't know what happened to you, and I the, the listeners don't know. I mean.
3: Well, if you Google kind of it, it's kind backward. You, yeah. But
2: can you tell, you know, just briefly? There was a
3: UCB. Uh, somebody had posted on Facebook. Uh, the and I got this from Mike Chase. Facebook. This? Yeah, there was a guy named Aaron Glazer, and said, uh, "Hey, um,
0: Kurt, can, can I set this up for you because there's something yeah, do. I do.
3: Go ahead. Mm-hmm.
0: I just want to tell you, Kurt used to write on Facebook almost daily. Deep, deeply scathing essays. Hitchens, Christopher Hitchens' quality." Iconoclastic essays with deep irony, deep scathing, and they were brilliant. I don't know if you remember this. At the time, I told you you should you should take all these and publish them, and okay. and some and some of the opinions were troubling and outrageous, and I disagreed with them. But these were brilliant essays, and I don't use the word brilliant lightly. Well, they truly really were. And I, and I did have
3: a, an addiction problem to social media, also. Where no, but but I'm saying manic. that
0: this was a stream of consciousness stuff, and and I mean. Right. I more than your stand-up. This is what convinced me that you were some kind of a genius. Were these were these essays, and it was within these essays that he would, you know, was t- taking down this uh, this rape accusation at UCB. But but anybody who wasn't wasn't the essay, wasn't yeah, I, accusation, I yeah. whatever yeah. it was, whatever the story. Let, let me but, say
3: but, let, what the thing was. So oh, wait, wait, but the last lastly,
0: yeah. but anybody who was reading these things. Had become familiar with the Kurt Metzger sensibility, the atmosphere, right. and that. And there was a rules. There was a, There was an. There was a rule structure even within his essays that any fair-minded reader would understand. So that's a, that's an additional context to how right that, there, how unfair I, it was to take it out of context. Wait, you
3: just hit the nail on that. See, at the time, it I didn't. This is a while ago. It didn't occur to me because I think like I won't write anything that I wouldn't that I can't defend on my. It never occurred to me that you don't, it's not like you get the chance to defend it. They take, somebody takes something you said out of a context and they put it up and then that's who you are now. And it's not, so that was my stupidity to to even think.
0: So what'd you say about UCB? Tell the story.
3: So somebody had posted a thing that said, uh, it was going around online, the comedy that UCB, after an internal investigation, UCB has determined.
2: What is UCB?
3: Oh, Upright Citizens Brigade Improv. It's It's like
0: an improv comedy club.
3: They've done an investigation. They've determined that so-and-so is guilty of rape. This is what they post on. And, and so my issue is, number one, what? UCB has done an internal inve- and determined? So that sounds like that college thing, almost, because that's where this, per- you know, a lot of these, like, upper-class toffs go into uh, improv. So they're applying the principles they learned in college that you can just, that the, a clown school can do an internal investigation and make a guilty verdict on a thing. And my whole thing was, okay, don't, number one, that's crazy that you think that, what are they, like, UCB, SV, S, SVU now? <laughs> and also, what the, what happened? There's no story here. Like, you're just going to declare. So now we're not even, at least with the Cosby thing, which I was like, all right, Cosby did it, but it's troubling that we now, this is being decided online like this. We're not even going to get the story of what happened. We're just going to take your word for it that this person's been found guilty. Okay, so that got turned into a whole thing uh, uh, of that I want women not to tell their story, which is I was directly saying, tell your story. I don't. And it, 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 every, and then I would have people argue with me to bait out responses. I had one person write us some article like at me. Kurt Meister needs to shut up. And, and then we started going back and forth and then she deleted every comment she had. So it looks like I'm just saying <laughs> craziness into the air, which I mean, I already was on Facebook too much, but it got so big. And then there were, there were certain people that had little grudges against me. There was this one, uh, actually she got, re- she actually, when the Julian Assange emails came out, she was working for Hillary. It turned out later, this chick, Sadie Doyle, she had a thing in for me for years to try to get me fired. Okay, they're, they're, these kind of cancel people have been around for a long time. And so it became a massive media event. Then Amy Schumer, who I wasn't working for at the time, but I guess people thought I worked for her, they, people were demanding that she fire me and she would go, he doesn't work for me. And then they would go, yay, I swear to God, they thought that she, that meant I was fired. She went on Charlie Rose to condemn me. There's a whole episode of her and Charlie Rose where they like saying I'm a troll. Pirate alert. Thing yeah and i at the time my good friend barry Crimmins who's dead now he told me about charlie rose he goes just so you know charlie rose notoriously sexually harassed brett butler like uh, uh the comedian I, I knew about that a long time ago and i'm like that's scumbag yeah and then he that's the one me too i'm really on board with was charlie rose uh but i just couldn't believe it like it was a week of every media outlet up to and including fucking usa today <laughs> like all of them huh. Just running this thing like I'm, and then all of a sudden I'm like this harasser. The amount of lies about me that went out that like just now, I think now if you Google me, that kind of shit doesn't come up because I didn't have money to go get that scrubbed or whatever people do when they get completely sick. But I mean, they gave me a workover that I didn't even know. I always knew that the, the press sucked and they have no integrity, but I didn't know the degree. I mean, I just did not know. And uh, I found out real quick though, that's for sure. And then what would happen is if I'd be on the road, depending on what town it was, uh, people would, uh, try to ruin, keep my shows from happening. You know, like now it's no big loss to me that if I can't play Asheville, North Carolina or whatever, but I'd, I'd have dates to go perform. And then some not, not fans. I could have sold out the show. It doesn't matter. Somebody's demanding that I be canceled from the show. I, I dealt with that for like two years. Uh, at this point, I don't care. Like, there's nothing in Hollywood that I want. It wouldn't matter if that had happened to me or not because I'm a white male. So they're just not hiring. It don't, like, all that Emmy Award winning, they don't give a shit about that. They're like, well, we've got a cast. So so all this stuff, what what became clear to me from the whole process was this has got nothing to do with anything other than uh, a power, power grab in the mind of these people. And it could be somebody who thinks politically, like your Ezra Klein dipshit type, or it could be... Somebody who is just uh, they project onto it, and they, that, you know, that's when you hear about representation or so. So they go, I don't care. I, it's not that I want his job, but just somebody who I think looks like me has the job, and now I'm represented. And now we have this insane idea that, especially in entertainment, that it's like some sort of congress. <laughs> like the people were like, I'm not in comedy to represent you, I'm there to entertain you. But it's it switched over to this thing where. It's like almost like these people felt powerless in politics and other aspects, so now they form – I guess that's what social justice is. It's like we'll form our own little justice system uh, via social media.
0: I, I, I want to add – and Kurt, you can disagree with me, but I, I, I feel that in some way Kurt is kind of forming the, the psychological armor that humans need to go on when they've suffered some kind of trauma. But I think it's even deeper than what Kurt is saying. First of all, I think Kurt went into a very serious mental anguish for a number of years about this. Number one, number two. Yeah, it could work. Yeah, Kurt, Kurt was and is considered by his peers to be one of the unique comic talents of his generation. You, nobody will tell you otherwise. He was among the few standout writers on the Amy Schumer show, which catapulted Amy Schumer to all that fame. He was on the trajectory to be very, very wealthy by now, being in the team of writers on the next Apatow movie or whatever it is, you know, whoever, whatever it is. It he was uh, put-
3: SNL I was supposed to do.
0: SNL or whatever it is. And because of this totally bullshit smear, his trajectory has been altered. And and that is serious as can be. We only live once, my God. And now maybe, you know, and, and I, I actually... I'm pretty sure you will recover and you're, you're not, you're still young. Well, and, what and what strong. I had to
3: do is, is do my own, you know, uh, Joe Rogan, who's a friend of mine that lives out here is like, he's, he's the right way to go. Cause I, he has a his own, I, I instead of working for these companies, which is what I did for years, like a company, cause I didn't have the mindset of like, I'm going to build my own thing. I didn't want to be a businessman, you know? Uh, but Now everything's so corporatized, and and, uh, Emily, you're talking about the HR. There's almost like this universal HR thing being established. And because everything's owned by, like, two or three companies now, it's it's like a power – it's wild. Like, you're not going to get into that corporate – corporate is woke now. So the only way to move up in those jobs or get in is to obey – that mandate because the, the the people that believe in this shit have completely taken over. The, the high sparrows or whatever you want to call them, uh, if you watch Game of Thrones, it's, it's the sparrows now take over. So you have to be part of that cult to really work. But you don't have to be. You can, like I said, do your own thing, which I have been, and it, it's better than what I was doing before. It's just that I, I didn't see an option at the time. You know, when you're talking about no when I was down about it, because of my health insurance I lost. I had like through the writer's get like all this stuff, like uh, that can be stripped from you. It's just, you, you can be canceled from, you know, polite corporate woke society, but not really canceled from uh, making or doing your thing. You can st- always do uh, but that. But Kurt, I, we, feel, I, feel, we,
1: feel, I feel like you,
0: you had more wait, bans wait, uh, before because of that as well. Hot Hot, hot let's, let's, let's do the last one because I want to jump off this to, to a lot of areas, but a chilling effect. So let's just get, let's deal with the chilling effect, which is the last, last part of the taxonomy.
2: That is kind of the what happens when all these various things. And as I say, what I wrote is not the complete story of how cancel culture works. I'm just, you know, looking at a snapshot of it. But one of the things people like to say, who claim there is no cancel culture, is saying, "Where are the, you know, hundreds, thousands of people who've been canceled? You know, there are two cases where people who deserved it." Right, right. sometimes people do deserve to be fired or reported or whatever. So there are a few instances of people who deserved it, and that's it. And my point is, when you have all these other things, you know, report everything, intent is irrelevant, the perils of safety, you create a chilling effect in society. Let me just say, I'm on this show with you, Kurt, Mm. and- you just told me what happened i'm hearing you know i was not and this little thing in my head is like okay i'm on the show with this guy what the hell did yeah, right. you do you mm-hmm. know and am i you know uh, i'm defending him or now i'm associated right. I mean, that,
3: yeah mm-hmm.
2: that's that's, me fucking that's shit. yeah that's how it works so the chilling effect is um people silence themselves people say man, I can't take a risk to be friends with or retweet or work with or appear on a show with or sign a letter with so-and-so who's accused of X. And I'm just going to, you know, and I may, I may disagree with a lot of the things that are being said or imposed about, you know, this who can write books or, you know, who's lost a job that was maybe unfair. I'm just gonna shut up because I have a family and a mortgage and I can't take the hit. So the reality is no, you don't need to cancel culture, doesn't need to have um, had tens of thousands of people lose their jobs. You just see a few Sentinel cases you say I don't want to be that person, so right. I'm gonna shut up. And, and they,
3: that atmosphere of fear is is like that's like one of the good points to them. <laughs> like that's the thing of like yeah no this is great. Everybody has to be live in fear all the time. That's was the goal of this.
2: By and the way, that, I'm a- the Harper's letter and what Persuasion is doing. No, we should not live in fear. And people in an open society, you have to be able to debate issues and understand that, you know, people are going to say things you disagree with and take it on um, good faith and not twist it. And, you know, the idea that anything can result in the end of your career. This is very dangerous and the people who are denying cancel culture, of course, you know, it all the French Revolution comes, comes full circle and everyone loses their head. But so this is what Emily, dangerous.
0: when we finish, you should Google Kurt's story, and and if you uh, find, believe
2: me, I'm going. <laughs> and,
0: and if you find that I went to the George Winston School of Video Editing, I, I can cut the character from 1984. I can cut Kurt completely out of this podcast. No one ever knew he existed. But just you just give me the word, and no, no, you won't you won't find anything that's gonna uh, come back to I mean,
3: I don't know if there's a. <laughs> I wouldn't say look it up because the story is like incorrect, like anything written about it blows my mind. Like anything written. And it's not a thing that I could just sue because there's elements. It's like if you if you want to look into somebody, the way they're talking in good faith or bad faith, you can make it into whatever you want. But it would blow my mind when I'd see the sh- the stuff that went around. I mean, like just wild, wild shit, man. I, I really uh, now it's happened to so many people that it doesn't does like bother me as much, and I freely will seek out and associate with people who have been supposedly canceled. Like I do that on purpose because I have yet to meet one where the story was correct. I get to meet one person where they were condemned and it was correct.
1: Emily,
2: it's not George, right? It's not George. Winston. I didn't meet
3: him. I didn't meet him. <laughs> uh,
0: it's, uh, a, it's not George Winston. What's the character? Winston, Winston, Winston Smith. That's the name of your character from 1984. Anyway,
1: yeah. uh, Emily, uh, I, have a, I have a question. You said surprisingly, this article got a, a lot of positive feedback. You know, and it went viral. So, so are we in the right direction, you think?
2: Uh, so when I wrote this thing, it's for this new organization, I first thought, well, there's two possibilities. You know, a couple dozen people see it, or I get condemned and I'm, you know, very used to being attacked on Twitter. Um, it got a lot of uh, readers and I got a lot of support. And I do think there is a um, what I call a silenced majority out there. Uh, most people hate this kind of cancel culture stuff. We have polling showing that you know when you ask people, do you like PC, political correctness, you don't define it. But people generally have this idea of this kind of sense of policing, danger of just expressing yourself people hate this, but they're afraid. And I think um, they're looking for places where they say, well, this article said you're a little safer if you um, can point to something. And I think, so I did get a a lot of support, which so pleasantly surprised me. So, yeah, most I mean,
3: people aren't like that. It's it's, you know, I was with a bunch of New York liberal cowards. I mean, I was I'm like a I would say a New York liberal type. The people that put themselves under this jurisdiction are dippy liberals that don't understand that these far like left comm, commie college kids. They hate you. They hate. They would rather see a Nazi than you because they can fight with them. They want to get liberals more than anything. I don't know why, but that's their number one hatred: is people slightly less left in them so oh, that's so, uh, uh
2: i i think one thing we need now is a much better understanding of group psychology mob psychology people are different when they're in groups and kurt you are put your finger on an important point um in their book the coddling of the american mind john height and greg Lukianoff write about this a lot the purging culture it does it's no thrill to point a finger at a Trump supporter and say, this person is an idiot. Right. It's much more exciting to remove violators, people who are violating the purity of your group, to remove people from your own group. I mean, you right. see that all over, you know, this happened all over the world, cultural revolution, East Germany. It's, mm-hmm. it's purification of your own group. Is a much more intriguing thing than pointing a finger at people everyone. Everyone you know would agree are awful. Like, I, uh, I, I, want, I want to take on in the remaining
0: time. We have the I want to take the anti anti cancel culture opinion here because I I have some significant beefs with the Harper's letter and the entire way this this anti cancel culture movement is going. Even though. There's nobody more committed against cancel culture than I am. So let me just start with a, a, a sentence that really bothered me in the Harper's letter. And I think this is the reason that Glenn Lowry didn't sign it and maybe some others. It says, the forces of a liberalism are gaining strength throughout the world and have a powerful ally in Donald Trump who represents the real threat to democracy. But resistance must not be allowed to harden into its own brand of dogma or coercion, which right-wing demagogues were already exploiting. So what they're doing there, in my opinion, is they're setting this up as something tethered to the Donald Trump phenomenon. You
3: don't think that's just so they don't get dismissed immediately? That sounds like sucking up to these people so that you can get your other point across is what it sounds like to me. Well,
0: maybe yes, maybe no. But here's the thing. This all predates. This is where they're getting something very, very wrong. This all predates Trump. Yeah, so I knew
3: he was going to win because of this. And right. Nobody listened it, to me.
0: The Atlantic Magazine cover that was later a book, a, a story with John Hyde and Greg Lukianoff, the uh, calling of the American mind. That was 2015. Trump, this create, and there was that, you know, so you've been canceled. There were a lot of stories about this, but Kurt's thing happened. But way before Trump. This created Trump. And what I see the Democrats, liberals, and the press becoming is kind of the analogy to, all the so-called doctors who were saying it's okay to protest uh, during a pandemic. It's like, anything goes as long as it's in, in the name of this cause. So that, for instance, just off the top of my head, Me Too is the most important thing and, and uh, criminal justice George Floyd are the most important things right now. But then of course, Caitlin Flanagan called Bill, criminal, uh, Bill Clinton a sex cr- uh, criminal. And Michelle Goldberg wrote the I Believe Juanita story. And then, so Bill Clinton speaking at the Democratic Convention, not a peep out of these people. Kamala Harris was accused by Laura Bazelon, but also in Reason and Vox and in the Atlantic and in in, uh, someplace else I don't remember, of fighting to keep innocent people in prison. Essentially human rights violations. Fighting to keep innocent, exonerated people in prison. He's elevated to vice president. Not a word out of anybody. Trump, I'm sorry, Biden goes out there and says that Trump said the Nazis were very fine people, fine people on both sides. Now, of course, he didn't quite say that. He, he said pretty clearly in that speech. And I think he was. No, speaking. he didn't say
3: it. It's like another okay. nonsense. Yeah. Thing.
0: And I don't do like think, him, by the way. Do you think there's one fact check done on Joe Biden's speech, not because you agree with Biden or Trump, because the truth is what matters. They will, they will let anything go so long as it's in the cause of Trump, including my anti-cancel culture people and organizations. There has not been an article. John Chait. John Ch- nobody has written anything about this stuff. Nobody wants to disrupt the Biden train. But let me tell you something when we see racism or uh bad things spreading like a cancer within the right we demand that the republican candidate be asked about these things and we expect we expect him to take a strong where do you stand on this president trump they're not going to ask joe biden or kamala harris any tough questions about where they stand on anything regarding cancel culture and that to me means fundamentally they are political strategists not public intellectuals all the public intellectuals i know in the end are hitchens is dead and it seems like well who else is there they're all keeping one eye on the election they don't they they will not come out and 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 call truth for what it is and I'm like, well, what do they take me for? Like, you know, I don't like Trump, but I don't really hate Trump for the reasons they hate Trump. I, I don't like Trump because I think he's completely incompetent. I always thought that was an untethered and a little nuts. But the truth is, am I not gonna be happy until every single person who might've told a Jewish joke is is stricken from the American public? I mean, the, the people that go around calling white people Karens are not gonna convince me that they don't think that there is differences between groups and cultures and ethnic groups. I mean, I, you know, this is not a bunch of Nazis in a basement compared to um, Hannah Nicole Jones in the New York Times and the kind of tweets she does, full of racist hate. I don't see one any different from the other, except that she's being she's in a position of power. So I'm so I'm getting all over the place, but I'm just saying the anti the anti cancel culture people, I think, need to bite the bullet and and call it out wherever they see it and demand that the Democratic Party take a stand on this because they are where this lives. And I'll say finally, the self-censorship that's going on that you referred to, if Donald Trump were responsible for that, if there were actual fingerprints on that self-censorship, that would rise to become an issue that dwarfed every single other Donald Trump issue combined. It is wreaking havoc with the American uh, society. It is 10 times more serious than, I don't know, what's the most serious thing that Trump is accused of? And it lives within the left. And I I would really like to know, what does Kamala Harris think about this? Is she gonna revert Title IX to where it was? Is she gonna come out and, and I mean, what, what? I have no idea, but I suspect that she's all on board with it. Barry Weiss said Twitter, Twitter is, became the executive editor of the New York Times, and I suspect she seriously understated it. Twitter, Twitter is the executive editor of the United States of America, or at least of elite America. And I mean, boy, am I doing a rant now. But I feel this so strongly. I love my country so much. And I mean, this is just the end to me. I mean, this is the end. I can't speak freely. It's just, what's left? I'm supposed to really be worried about something in Alabama. Some guy, some racist, some anti-Semite said something. These people have no power over me. My kids are going to go to school. where the 1619 project is taught and where they're judged by their race when they apply to college i don't want that
1: i no. mean I, I don't i don't know if you saw the uh interview with uh trump recently and he said like he doesn't get in trouble for tweeting he gets in trouble more for retweeting to this point you know so even him he's, he's kind of suffering from that you, you
0: got, you got your, your mic is coming out going in and out hot uh, un, unplug the headset it's not working all right, keep going then. Now you got noise. Oh. Right. Anyway, so, so you, you see where I'm coming from, Emily? I mean, I, I just
2: see hypocrites
0: to the left of me and hypocrites to the right of me.
2: Um, I'm not going to take on everything you just said. No. You don't have to. I will say I want to see Donald Trump gone. I think he's very dangerous to the country. I think he poisons everything and makes it everything worse. You are right. These cultural forces existed before Trump. And I I also think they were not a well enough explored reason for his election. Let me repeat, I want him gone. And what you object to in the letter that they condemn Trump, um, then you say you want the left to address its own problems. I think, you know, that's, that's what the letter does. The letter condemns Trump, but then goes on to say, we, our side, um
3: yeah, I took it that way. I liberal, thought it was like that. It was yeah, like- Yeah,
2: or whatever, you know, words you want to use. We are addressing the problem on our own side. And when we started this conversation, um as I as I said, the Republicans who at the beginning seemed that they were gonna stand up to Trump, caved, folded, they were afraid of him, and they are an example of what happens when you fail to stand up on um objectionable things on your own side. So I think that's where you're somewhat wrong on the Harper's They stood up to him I on
3: I leaving think- Afghanistan. <laughs> They <laughs> fucking.
2: Uh, now,
0: well, okay. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't agree. I, I think that the, the attack on con- on cancel culture has nothing to do with Trump, and and the only thing I would write about it if I was writing a Harper's letter is that, and if we don't address this, he may win again because the American people uh, hates this, hate this, but I don't, I don't see any connection between cancel culture and, and opposing Trump. I, I, I just think we've abandoned well, well, there all, our, is a, all our social norms and ideals. Let me put it this way. I'm, I agree with you, Trump is terrible. He's obviously terrible. I'm worried about him losing because I'm worried about having a president and a vice president who are now on team cancel culture and then the press whose job is supposed to be to especially at this time of year to get these people on record on how they feel about what we've identified as the most serious issue in the country today self-censorship and what's causing it they will not ask one single question about this they won't ask harris about uh keeping innocent people in prison
2: they will not they are they are all team oh, wait, Biden. The debates you know what let's hope some of these tough questions do get asked I hope so. you know with with covid the, we don't have these press conferences and opportunities to ask people but um
0: no you don't believe I that.
2: hope that de- you know at the debates that tough questions get asked of everyone and you know people are need to respond to including the kind of stuff you're bringing up.
0: And and then fundamentally, I see intersectionality as a kind of racism. I mean, the, 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 the stuff they just, I mean, if you read white fragility, it's just normalizing everything that the cause was supposed to fight against. It's normalizing the notion that you can judge somebody based on the color of their skin. All they're saying is like, but the mistake was well, you shouldn't judge, people of color by the color of their skin, you should only judge white people by the color of their skin. But of course, that can't hold. But yet, so, so that is being now introduced into corporate America, into legislation, into admissions policies. Um, and this is somehow supposed to be less serious to me than some Nazis in Charlottesville, you know, living in their parents' basement. And I'm like, well, no, I'm being I'm being gaslit here. This this is serious. And if I were like now Yale's in trouble because they're, you know, they're limiting Asians harshly. And if if you if you complain about that, you might get canceled for that. You can be called a racist for complaining that Asians are being treated based on the color of their skin. I just see this hurtling into the worst possible scenario, and we're pretending it's not happening because God forbid we should really talk about it, it might help Trump. And, and there's constantly one eye on Trump. I think it's a big mistake. I think, a I think the truth is the truth is the truth. And I think, but let me just say this, and this is why I likened it to the doctors and the George Floyd protests. Maybe as a philosopher, you can say, yes, it is risky for spreading COVID, but I still think it's worth protesting. That's for philosophy. But when a doctor, Twists himself into a pretzel, he's betraying his oath. A journalist has only one oath, and that's to the truth. As soon as the journalist is keeping one eye on the election and political strategy, in my opinion, that's not a journalist anymore.
3: They've changed it. You haven't seen the narrative driven journalism and all that shit they do now? It's Being objective is. Anymore. You should watch the uh, Carlos Maza TED Talk where he explains that even trying to be objective is a waste of time and kind of fascist. So the new thing now is you're an activist, and that's like explicit. That's explicit. That's what like your your boy Ezra Klein's uh, on board with that. So that's the new journalism, is a purpose driven because uh, uh, th- we got to fix this stuff. So all
0: and they and they do it. Cause I said they do it in such subtle ways. That I, and so, like one of the things Biden said was that we have the worst COVID uh, res- uh, record of any country. Now, of course, in deaths per we have a pretty bad record, but in deaths per million, we're like you know nine or something just below um or like just above france and just below sweden and uh, whatever italy and england so we're, we're right in there but then in the fact check they'll write uh it's correct we have because and they'll use the absolute numbers we have the most deaths but nobody talks about absolute numbers when they compare how a country does on cancer. It's always, no. always, always per capita. No, Nobody you? does it. And, and the thing is, they will. But if Trump says we have the most tests, they will immediately correct him. Yes, but per capita, we don't have the most tests. Correctly, they'll correct, you know. They, you, you but they, want to hear something will, crazy? It's, it's just nuts what they do. Wait, it can't listen. be defended. No.
3: Yeah. I, know, I know now four people who I yeah. know personally yeah. who had COVID-19. And they went to the hospital and they got treated. One guy was over it uh, in three days. The other guy was 11 days because he was uh, older. Do you know how they treated him at the hospital? With a vitamin pack. It's called like a K-pack or something. And uh, hydrochlorohexanol. Hydroxychloroquine,
0: Hydroxychloroquine. yeah. Yeah, I I have
3: a hard time saying it. Hydro, yeah. And before they give it to you, they ask you your politics at the hospital because people that are Democrat won't take it because Trump said it was good. In fact, if you look it up, depending on the page, like Washington Post, they're like, no, it doesn't work. I, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, yes, it does work. Depending on how their level of not liking Trump, this drug that they are using, also I think there's a, an effort to like not waste it, because it, if you're bad off, that's when they give it to you. But I, I thought this stuff didn't work. That's what I saw in all the headlines, that it's, and it's only because Trump said that. But that is what you're using to treat it. It
1: doesn't. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't work. I, you know, I was involved with a lot of doctors when I had it, and
0: they all say it doesn't. What not. is that? Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold Nobody. There's studies that say it work. There's studies that work. It's There's with
3: zinc. It. It's not by itself. It's I, got. It's a thing that gets get zinc in there.
0: So Sorry. Richard Epstein, the Chicago Law School libertarian law professor, was on uh, the Glenn Lowry show this week. And he talked about this. Um, and it's uh, he believes it works and he and he had data. He's a data-driven guy. I have no idea whether it works or not. But I do know that Kurt's point is correct, that I really can't trust to read about whether it works or not, because Kurt's right. Everything is infected by politics. What is that? Is that that's Hotem's Mike. Tem- that? oh. Hot mic. In, in the but in the end, the best outcome I believe would be having a thoroughly rigorous. Press holding everybody to the truth that would force the Democrats to clarify their position on this cancel culture stuff. Then they could win, and then we'd have a president who was elected with a mandate to fight this stuff. But they're so scared. I believe the journalists are so scared because they suspect that in the end, Biden and Harris will fold to cancel culture, and they're afraid to bring that out because that might allow Trump to win that we don't have journalism anymore and, and they're just going to, I'm so upset about this. Stuff. Well, a
3: lot of them are on board with it. Like the younger ones, like all the, the kind of new media, they're yeah. totally on board with it. So the, I, there's like a civil war that didn't get settled once again, with like the Bernie people that the, the, the Democrats have this two, two front kind of war where they got to defeat the progressive wing to maintain the, you know, the Joe Biden wing. I, what I understand is if Trump is such a big threat. Like an existential threat to democracy, I've heard him described as. Why are we throwing Joe Biden at this problem? Like,
0: well, that's the Democratic evil.
3: So we got to get, I know the perfect person, Joe fucking Biden. I mean, is everybody joking? We're, like, <laughs> Joe Biden, he wasn't mental decline. He didn't even have regular, when he wasn't old, he was never
0: fit to be president. That's why his nickname is Uncle Joe. Yeah, I, I just want to, I don't, I don't. I don't think he has mental... I don't think he has um, uh, dementia or anything like that. I, I just... No, he
3: I, always was like that. He was always a guy that should never be president. So it baffles my mind if this is so important that we beat Trump, why he's the guy they pick. And the impression I get is that's what Democrats think of all of you. They think you're fucking idiots. And they go, well, you know, America's stupid. And they're going to think some Obama rubbed off on him, maybe. And that's our best bet.
2: Can I... Can, uh, can can I... I, I, I I think you need to get Ezra Klein here in my little box to deal with all your, this this section of the podcast. I got to
0: show you, I got to show you a headline. Uh, This is is a perfect example of like, of, of, of what I'm talking about. This is, this is our, this is our press today. Look at this headline in the Washington Post. Kamala, can you see it? Kamala Harris's dad was from Jamaica where a fierce woman warrior once fought slavery. Now I would forgive you if you thought somewhere in this article, it eventually connected the dots between Kamala Harris's dad and this fierce woman. Wait, it doesn't. It doesn't. It is literally, it is literally nothing in the story. And I'm supposed to read this and think that the next story in the Washington Post is gonna be a hard hitting look on Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. It's not, it's not. They are, they are totally, they, I mean, I, the words can't express, why do they even become journalists? How could the Washington Post run a, are they so lacking self-awareness? Are they really just playing to the converted? That's all they care about is impressing their friends? I mean, I'm, I'm a swing voter. I would vote for Trump if he had half a brain in Are his you hip. gonna
2: vote for Trump?
0: No, I'm not, I don't vote, and I wouldn't vote for Trump, but, but honestly, it's strictly because, God forbid, we have a serious situation, like we have now, but worse. He's not up to that job, we know that. And, and, I, and I gotta, you know, they say, uh, uh, worry about the worst, the best will take care of itself. Uh, worrying about a worst case scenario I don't want Trump as president. That's why I wanted Susan Rice as vice president, by the way, because whatever I think about her politics, she is a super genius who has a lot of experience. She was ready to take over on January 19th. And that mattered a lot to me. Kamala Harris, obviously, what does she know about being president? Absolutely nothing. I mean, the best you can say for her prosecutorial record is that she either was fully evil or she had no idea what was going on in her own organization. Either one order to disqualify her. She, she would better. do
3: anything to get to the top. In fact, I read a, what's the guy's name? Beinart, something, Beinart, I read an article. Hey, no.
0: yeah, I said she did what she had to do.
3: Unbelievable, like the greater good is that she's an ambitious woman with dreams. And so, yeah, she did that stuff, but that's
0: what she had to do. No, she actually could have not done it and not. And, and this it's is not... the gaslighting. Does somebody want to tell me what Trump is accused of that is worse than keeping innocent, exonerated prisoners behind bars? I mean, is there anything in Trump? Nothing, I can't see anything. What is it's true? it's. You ever see okay.
3: Caddyshack? It's it's Judge Smalls
0: angry had, about wait,
3: Rodney Dangerfield in the club. That's what what this boils down to.
0: We had sincere women ready to throw themselves in front of tanks to stop Brett Kavanaugh, who was accused at sixteen while he was a minor, shit faced drunk, who was accused of groping a woman. Accused, whatever you know. They were they, That was the end. He was disqualified. Now we have Kamala Harris as a fully grown prosecutor, attorney general of California, fighting to keep exonerated people in prison, fighting to prevent people from exonerating themselves with DNA. And they're fine with her. They're fine with her. And I say again, what do they take me for? They don't believe in anything. Um, Nothing.
3: Wait, what, why, um, can I ask you something? could you just reminded me, because in that Franken art, why did Al Franken go so... Because easily. they
0: wanted to make sure that Roy Moore was not elected and they knew they would replace him with another Democrat. That's why he went.
3: Is that what it is? That's I, 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 In that article, did you say, Emily, like what?
0: Oh, I didn't read Emily's one.
2: You know what? I got to go. Oh,
0: oh.
2: <laughs> Emily, I'm sorry.
0: Emily, I, I, I say something I shouldn't have said. I'm,
2: no, no, no. Oh. I, I actually, um, I got another meeting.
0: Okay, Emily, I'm sorry if I, if I, this is the second time I've let you down. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, all right, uh, let, let Emily go. I, I feel, I think that, I'll just let you go. I, I think that because I, like Kurt, have really suffered traumatic experiences in my life at, at the hands of this stuff, at the people who came at me during the Louis CK thing, who don't care about Bill Clinton speaking at the thing, at, at the people who were telling the, me that, that that property could be replaced while we were boarding our windows. And, and um, the mayor was telling the police to stand down, seems to be in, in New York, um, where what took 50 years to build could easily have been destroyed in 15 minutes, and nobody cared about someone in my shoes. I was the bad guy no matter what, simply because of I was successful, or my color, or whatever the reason. Um, everything that's really scared me in the last 4 years has come from the left and it's actually been scary existential serious threats and i would like to know that my president is on my side about this stuff that's all that's all and and you know i know people say oh, they'll they'll write me off they oh he has privilege all right you know what can i say but i still have a family to feed I, you know i still do so that's why i feel so strong, strongly about it did
3: this. you read the psychological? there's a
1: I, um, maybe, guys i think emily oh.
0: needs to go she has to go <laughs> I'm,
3: I'm uh,
2: let me oh. just say the the issues you were raised we should be able to talk about all this that's yes. part of the point of you know what I've been writing what the Harper's letter was we should at minimum be able to talk about this Absolutely. Um, so you are
1: <laughs> yeah we uh, Emily, do you want to share your information? If somebody want to follow you on Twitter or website, uh,
2: it's at Emily Yaffe. Uh, that's pretty easy, and um, yeah.
3: I was going to say, do you want us to censor your name so you don't get in trouble
0: for? <laughs> do you want us to put a beep over you?
2: Just say Ezra Klein. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you have two seconds to tell us why why Franken was forced to resign? Do you think it was political? Was okay. that what you are?
2: And let me just say, um, Jane Mayer in The New Yorker did the most brilliant uh, reporting on what happened to Al Franken. Uh, I I think Al Franken, you know, was just hit by a tidal wave. And as you talked about, when this happens, you lose your bearings. He is Mm -hmm. being described as, you know, this a uh, terrible evil person and I do firmly believe, and I said in the story, if he had not resigned, if he had just said, I've asked for an investigation, I think he would still be in the Senate today. I...
3: Because I, Roy Moore stayed, he didn't, <laughs> he didn't go, right?
2: I, I, as Jane Mayer showed, there were a lot of questions uh, that needed to be raised about the accusations. But it is very difficult in the face of something like that um, to defend yourself, so. Um,
3: yeah, you're not you know, kidding. I, it's it's I, like being a King Kong swatting at planes. <laughs> I,
2: you know, I thought in the time since then, did the country get me metooed by what happened to Al Franken? Think if he'd been the Democratic nominee um
3: well then we pretend it didn't happen i think <laughs> i think we'd all lo- overlook it like we did
2: you know that if it hadn't happened um, he's, his name was certainly being discussed as a potential presidential candidate
3: he was um, a real he helped women i mean I, it's crazy that they threw al franken away because that guy was like a real he did a lot of stuff to really help people especially women
0: I would vote for him now because, you know, as I say, a conservative as a liberal has been mugged. Um, I, he's been mugged. And that's a very important experience, I, I think, for – I mean, a lot of comedian friends who, who were have changed their politics once they've experienced some of this stuff. I used to
3: argue with Noam from the much liberal, more liberal point of view all the time. Yeah, until it happened. I, mean, I wouldn't say I'm right-wing now at all. I mean, and I never you know, had that. None
0: been, but of us are right-wing. I, I, I have might no- be a little bit, but I'm not, I'm not on – Go go Emily
2: go
0: go. <laughs> go. All right.
2: thank you guys. All right, yeah. Bye, Mike,
0: Bye. thank you Bye. Emily. Dude, this is a
3: good. Uh, you should what? look it up. There's a good uh, article. It's a psychological profile of people who do can't who engage in it, cancel culture. Yeah. There, none of them. They always are from money. They come from money and somewhat elite status, almost always, because mostly a Twitter phenomenon. and it's a way to raise your status. You know how she was saying the thrill of purging your your own group. So, like, let's say, Hatem, your status is a nine socially, and my status is a three. Well, if I cancel you, maybe my status will go up to a six, and yours will, your ears will be lowered. Uh-huh. It's redistribution of re- uh, reputation. But like the that.
1: culture is only, you know, the only people who suffer from it, I feel like it's white people. Like, I'm not in danger.
3: Um, oh, like, you'd be surprised. Hatem. You'll lose your status. You'll just become white. They do it to people all the time.
0: It's the people fight that. you. Just try saying something about the jews i'll show you how quickly you
3: get cancelled <laughs> yeah no you're right or try saying uh i've watched it where they're like uh who's that guy daryl daryl davis who talks people out of being in the kkk he does good work he like reforms races a black guy the, the same chick that went after me called him a white supremacist you're gonna see like in fact look it up on vice which has become a complete woke nightmare because the management of vice has so many like uh, Me Too potentials that they had to go woke, okay? And they go, black uh, white supremacists now has black people in their movement. And what they're doing is they're taking some group like Patriot Prayer or some shit where the people are like brown that are in it. And it's not a white supremacist movement, but they're just labeling them that. So mm-hmm. you can lose your status as a hot of color very easily if you just go against the certain narrative that you're supposed to be a part of. Uh.
0: Can I ask you guys a question? Do you think I said anything earlier that I, that I have to worry about?
3: No, oh no, what, what, what?
0: I don't think so. Well, because I, I feel or maybe I just acting a little crazy because I was disjointed because I think I, I might have turned Emily off a little bit or, 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 or worried her. She's what she had,
1: she had to go, she had an interview,
0: right? I know, but I still, she, I, I still worry that I worried her. I'd like,
1: no, she, she did ask me how long. I see CG on the email and she yeah. said, Can we do one hour? I, you know what I she thought was great about, about her, crazy,
0: huh?
3: I, th- I thought what was great about her was she mentioned when I, I was talking about what happened with me. She said her thought process like, oh my God, will I be in trouble for being it? Like, yeah, that's very like kind of honest and like forthright of her to like. So that's somebody that understands that there's a problem. But all these people, I don't think they understand the extent. Like one, I've, again, I'm going to call it Trump, unless barring some unforeseen thing, because and you know why I say Trump's going to win because of the shit I heard you say, Noam, way back when when uh, you were talking about watching the how mad it made you watching the cops kneel because people who vote who have businesses are gonna fucking remember that kente cloth bullshit and they're gonna remember the democrats didn't do shit i mean like that counts for a lot the kind of people that think abolish the police is a good idea they don't own businesses and they don't fucking vote and they're not the fucking like the people who actually vote and a lot of them are gonna be democrats are going to fucking vote trump I, uh, yeah. uh, here's the poll you should go What I'm going to go by which P, I, was, I was talking to George Wallace about it Because um, George is like Who I love by the way George Wallace is a great guy But he's like pie in the sky Like no truth and justice will win Like he's still in the pro wrestling aspect of it <laughs> But the, the uh, Dave Chappelle sticks and stones review On Rotten Tomatoes That's the poll that I'm using To say Trump's going to win Because what that poll shows you Is the utter disconnect Of all the people that are in in the fucking media and normal people. And yeah. it's vast. It's 99% love sticks and stones, 18% from the critics. That's how completely divorced from the rest of the country everybody in media is.
0: Um, I don't think Trump's going to win. And I'm, I don't... It's better if he doesn't win, in my opinion, because he's, the country's coming apart and he's, he's irresponsible. But I, mean, I think we all agree it would be nice if the press would hold the Democrats accountable for all this stuff. And they won't. They just won't. And, I mean, do we, do we doubt that President Kamala Harris is going to be sympathetic to all this, to everything that we oppose here? I don't doubt it.
1: The, we, the only thing I think is good about Trump winning, I don't want him to win, but the only thing is, back to your point, is they need to take us seriously and have a serious nominee and serious vice
3: president. Yeah, right there, Hatem. This is my little, and this sounds stupid, I will tell you up front, but why I want the Democrats, it's something I want Trump to win. I want the Democrats to lose because I want the donor class, the people who lost a lot of money on Hillary, I need them to see one, I'd like them to see once and for all that Democrats are a bad investment just so the Democrats have no choice but to not always represent management as they do now. Yeah, Like, they represent corporate, like a small business owner they hate, All of Obama's people all work at these massive, like Amazon, trying to prevent unions from popping up. They're all scumbags. And there's nobody. They've already written off all the fucking people don't vote, all the deplorables and all these other people. They've written them off. They're completely banking on what they call Biden Republicans. Have you seen this shit? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They think they're going to. So it's such madness. And it's because they don't want to have to change one single goddamn thing. I never forget that guy, Stephen Levitsky. The Democrats don't have to change anything. Because yeah. in his mind, all they need to do is stoke up the Trump hate just 5 to 10% more, and that's going to put them over the top this time. They don't have to get a candidate who's worth anything. They don't have to do anything that changes their little setup. They're just going to fucking stoke up the anger about Trump. And, and I think it's going to backfire. I really do. I, I, I don't see how... I think
1: it's
0: really time for a third party. You know? Well, no, let's do it. It's not going to happen. I... I mean, I, I agree with you. If 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 you could tell me that Trump would never fuck anything up, big in the world, uh, yeah, I would I would root I would root for Trump to win, not because, but just well, because- as big
3: as what? Because what I realize you should really get Jimmy Dore on. He's really great. He and he's a lefty, but he has principle. That's why I like him. But, all the presidents before him of my lifetime were some kind of war criminal. They all fucked up huge. Obama fucked us over so hard. I always liked Obama. I didn't understand the extent of how he fucked us. I'll tell you one great thing Trump did. He executive order canceled the Trans-Pacific Trade Partnership that Obama fucking signed in on his way out, which was uh, NAFTA Part 2. He, I, I, don't, like, I don't think it can be fucked up like that. The president's like a symbolic thing. What's fucked up is the the, the uh, uh, consultant class like the D C kind of people they're in a tizzy because this guy inv- invaded like how we all felt when fucking Hannah Gadsby came out in comedy like what the
0: fuck are you doing here you're not part of this <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so so let me let me put it this way I think I I I'm maybe gonna email this to Emily because she might think I'm a crazy person I think there's gonna be two results of the next administration there will be legislative results, whatever, the, how they tweak the laws, you know, taxes go up, taxes go, whatever it is. None of that really worries me one way or another. Even the laws that I don't agree with um, is not the end of the world to me, right? The other is the effect it's going to have on the social norms of living in the United States, i.e. Can- cancel culture and the rest. And that is more important, I think, to me. I That's what I want Trump
3: to-, to win. I want woke to be. Did Stanley. you guys
1: see uh, Trump's uh, speech yesterday?
3: No, I don't like I th- to watch him talk.
1: Yeah, but I, I just wanted to see what he's up to. He's getting much better, first of all, but he's making something smart. He's making the election not about him anymore, which I never see him do that before. He said, like, one of the major things is, like, the next president, whoever he's going to be, can have a chance to appoint four more judges. You want me to be mm. the president. So so he's. I think his strategy totally changed you know like whoever is running he's him been right getting now, judges
3: hasn't he i mean he's been getting packed yeah.
1: a lot he of judges. i had more than anybody in in, in uh ever being the president so so he's making it like he's what he's trying to say is like even if you hate me you kind of need me you know I, so. look i
3: i i i don't believe that this woke bullshit's gonna calm down because biden wins i don't i know a lot of people think that like everybody's just riled up because of trump or whatever they need to understand that they're defeated. And what happened the last time, the Democrats should have looked inward like, why did we lose? And they didn't do that. They just they just said, oh, Russia did it, okay? Uh, uh, or, oh, you're just racist. That's the only way we could have lost. But they, you know, it doesn't explain why Obama voters went to Trump yeah. <laughs> instead of Hillary. So they just have to take a fucking inventory of why they lo- it has to happen. like like, And so that's why I want it to happen. I don't think who's president... I, I, I kind of go with Patrice on a It's a largely symbolic role Like a fucking turkey The the the, the uh, If the Democrat gets in Woke is going to get worse They're going to be validated That identity politic bullshit That's why Kamala Harris is so vile Is You're supposed to Like no All that shit you said about Kamala Harris You're supposed to not think about that You're supposed to be excited That she's a woman Who's both Indian and Jamaican You know In Jamaica There was once a woman warrior <laughs> or whatever yeah. the fuck that article you're supposed to be that's what they think of you they think you're that much of a moron yeah. that you're supposed to be excited it's like the speech in kill bill about how super clark Kent is superman's take on humans you know he sees humans as weak and stupid that's joe biden is the democrats this ticket is the democrats take on americans they're fucking idiots and their and identity works great for them because Anybody who's an actual leftist wouldn't be on board with this. They, that's classism. They want to deal with these. Are like we get to keep all our classist bullshit and just make it about race. And that way, a rich chick like Kamala Harris is suddenly good, no matter what she did. That that's, that works out fine for them. I think woke is like the burping noise of the giant uh, corporate corporate America trying to co-opt the revolution as it devours it. It goes woke like it. It makes that noise, and that's yeah.
0: I, I, I got to go, but, and you know what's so surreal about it is that I'm sure, sure that Kurt and I agree, and Hatem, that we are extremely offended by racism. Like, like, like it's, not, it's not even an, Right. You know, I mean, it's like, it, all of a sudden you find people calling that into question. So like, if you're against all this wokeness, if you think white fragility and judging white people by the color of skin is horrible, so you must be okay with, uh, you know, treating blacks badly. or you or, I think this is crazy. Yeah. Talk. Well, I'm
3: an anti-racist. So if you're against me, then you must be racist. Yeah, I mean, I'm an anti-fascist. If you're against me, then you must be a fascist.
0: It's just clever. You know, <laughs> I went to, I went to, I had two experiences. I went to one comedian who we all know, but I won't say his name, uh, Wedding. Very left-wing guy. And my wife was the only person of color at the wedding
3: of course i mean that's the classic classic
0: and and then i went to this far left wing fundraiser at gotham when they politics and again except for the people serving the food my wife was the only person yeah that's right and it it comes home it's like you know these people just read about race in books that's right they they have they have no experience with actual interracial relationships friends livelihoods socialized parties you know, that's why they're such idiots. They have no confidence in their own opinion. I, you know?
3: I, I always say I had the greatest diversity training of all, which is uh, I lived in New York City for 15 years and did drugs. And you will, <laughs> you will encounter everyone from every walk of life And doing that. And these are people that you're exactly right, and they feel guilty. The, the whole privileged knapsack, you remember that, the unpacking? The na- That's where yeah. we got the term white privilege from. The woman that wrote that is a rich heiress who worked at a college and she wrote down her privileges and then she made them all of white people's privileges because it deflects that she's some rich bread. (laughs) And then she gets to be like, Oh, I was unpacking my privilege. Robin D'Angelo, same thing. She's a racist. She says it up, up front. She gives you examples of why she's a racist. Okay, fine. Say you're a racist. But then she goes, because I'm a racist, we are racist. So we collectivize everything. We collectivize the guilt. We collectivize uh, uh, if somebody succeeds, that's what this is a trick to do. It's a trick to make everything like, even Me Too's like that. We're going to collective like, oh, you really got raped? I was, uh, didn't felt uncomfortable one time at a party. We're the same. It's, we're, we're all going to even out. Like, 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 uh, that, that's the insidious thing. And I don't think all these liberals get it. I think they, they assume these kids aren't real Marxists and they're going to settle down like the hippies did back in the day and get tech jobs. And they don't understand what's coming up on them Until When I
1: first moved here like 25 years ago or something, the best thing about this country was like, you say, whatever you want, you can really tell people. And then when I work at the cellar and and be around all these people, like, you know, there's nobody that less racist than the people that actually joke about race. Like not only they're not racist, they will step up if one of us is like in trouble or something, they will step up and, and help them. And just like, this is disappearing one after another.
3: Right, well, that's, that's people who aren't fragile. They want you to be white fragile. Yeah. They want your job. That's what they think, oh, why are white people so fragile? Well, they're afraid they'll lose everything because <laughs> you yeah. just put the label. And, it, and again, it doesn't matter how you feel if you are racist. It's very apparent that racist is a label to be put on you by the group. Yeah. That's yeah all that if you said one, thing I
1: got to say four before four. We, we end is like, um, I watched Red State, Blue State again yesterday for the first time in a long time. You know, I don't know if you guys remember, did you see it, the Colin Quinn special on Netflix? Special?
3: It was great. It was absolutely wow. great. It's
1: yeah. beautiful. Do you guys remember that he actually said, and that was a couple of years ago, he said that this country will be more divided if a pandemic came in? Do you, do you rem- no, I, I like, didn't remember. What? That.
3: that was in there, yeah.
1: I know. I was like, what? Like, he, like, predicted the future in a way. So, you know, yeah. Colin Quinn has a new book coming out. So, If, if you're listening, it's you um, called Overstated. It's beautiful. I gotta go, fellas. Kurt, yeah, Kurt, Kurt, um, the best um, guest ever.
0: Kurt, Kurt should come on every week. Bye. Um,
3: yeah, anytime, man. I, I love it. I uh, got that Kurt, guy Ben from here, that war journalist from last time too. I like, got like great guests from. Uh...
0: He was good. Yeah, I have. But a lot he's of another one that doesn't,
3: dude. He's another one that doesn't quite get a guy who's seen war. He doesn't, and it it really is. He's a guy that lives in Brooklyn, and if you're in a certain clique, you cannot see. Outside of it. So that's why that guy wouldn't say anything against Russiagate or any of the nonsense that they did with Trump. Like, yeah. and this is a guy who's seen reality. And I asked him about Brexit and he goes, this is how he discounted Brexit. Because I was like, I thought Brexit was, they just didn't want this unaccountable uh, EU making laws for them. And he goes, what do they know about those laws? They, they can't even name a law the EU made. And he told me a story about a guy who thought that the EU said bananas have to be straight. And that's why he doesn't like the EU. And that's supposed to discount, which is hilarious, but I'm like, okay, so what? Like, he doesn't have to know anything to know he doesn't want someone who's not accountable to him making laws for him. That's an attempt to discount an entire thing because this one guy's stupid. Like, I don't care about doing the math. The guy's right. He shouldn't have these. And the other side are these elites who think we need a technocracy. That's what they're all about. So yeah. when Obama did all the vile shit he did, uh, uh, making the police state bigger, and people like, well, he's smart and it's good. I, he can spy on me. He's, uh, I, I trust him. Yeah. They're I, idiots. I,
0: I mean, um, I like Ben, but I agree with you. I mean, hot times. Seen some emails that went back and forth with me. I was debating about Israel, and he hooks into a lot of, uh, you know, fuzzy facts. Yeah, right. And then once I, in good faith, actually investigate them, show it to him, write back to him, and it turns out, well, it's not quite the truth he doesn't he doesn't integrate that into any new opinion he just you know just goes on to the next thing it, 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 nothing is, is, his opinion is bulletproof nothing I could actually tell him or right. nothing is going to matter
3: that's like when Man, I was Jehovah's Witness. No, there's no evidence that could have made me not a Jehovah's Witness. What happens is when that belief system fails you, that's when you leave. Nobody leaves their, their thing until it fails you when it was supposed to help. And that's how you get all these like ex-liberals and ex-whatevers. But evidence has nothing to do with it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, mean, I hope never I'll never like that. I, I uh, got to so, go. You want to show your information? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, information. Check out my
3: uh, podcast, Can't Get Right on Gas Digital. Uh, also go on uh, Kyle Dunnigan slash patreon.com we make sketches and uh, I guess send you guys time canceler our 80 I'll text it to you show it to you know him dude time canceler we have a whole thing yeah. about a guy who goes back in time to cancel people <laughs> like,
1: oh that is hilarious it's like the six
3: million dollar man
1: yeah uh, uh, I, and this is yeah. live from America podcast uh, Kurt hold on one second thank you guys for listening